Welcome to A Better Press for a Better World, a series from the Michigan Interscholastic Press Association. We explore the world of media through conversations with professional journalists and others in the media industry. And now, your host, MIPA's Executive Director, Jeremy Steele. Hi, everyone. My name is Jeremy Steele. I'm the Executive Director of the Michigan Interscholastic Press Association. Uh, welcome to a recording of our Better Press for a Better World podcast series. We are excited tonight to do a workshop edition of our program with the editors-in-chief of the three, I'm going to call them the three major campus newspapers in the state of Michigan. We've got a lot of great student newspapers at college campuses in Michigan, but uh, three of the best in our state and nationally are Central Michigan Life at Central Michigan University, the Michigan Daily at the University of Michigan, and the State News at Michigan State University. And we have with us Isaac Ritchie from CM Life, who will be editor there in the fall. And we have um, Lizzie from Lizzie Lawrence from the Michigan Daily, who will be editor there in the fall and is doing a Kaiser Health internship remotely right now. And then Evan Jones from Michigan State University, who is editor-in-chief now of the State News and will continue in that job through next school year. Uh, as you all as you're, as, who are watching us now live, if you have questions as we move through the conversation, uh, please, you can use the Q&A tool to send us questions by text. Uh, and you can also, I think, uh, raise your hand or indicate in the Q&A tool if you would like to ask your question uh, via video and I can turn your camera on or allow you to talk so that you can have a chance to join the conversation in person uh, with Isaac, Lizzie, and Evan. So please, as you have questions, uh, jump right in and let us know what those are. Um, but I'll just, I'll get us started. Um, I'm gonna ask the, the three of you, um, Give us a, a quick overview for folks who may not be familiar of uh, the structures of your student media programs at your schools. Um, Isaac, tell us a little bit uh, briefly about CM Life and the, the staff and the operation that you have there. Um, so we're a completely student-run news organization um, funded through our own advertisers. Um, we have been transitioning to more of an online strategy for content. So before we published uh, 8,000 print copies weekly, now we're down to 5,000, but we're going online um, as the news industry kind of transitions to more online. Uh, we have um, many editors. Uh, we have three associate editors that run the news side um, along with a sports editor uh, photo desk, and then a multimedia team that does video and podcasts. Um, and then on the other side, we have our um, business side with all of our advertisement students and design and stuff like that. So that's kind of how we've break it, broken it up um, into the kind of the different, um, different groups. Of course, we all work together as one unit, um, but it's important just to have those different desks, as we call them, um, running. Um, just makes it more fluent um, when you're covering stuff in the Mount Pleasant area. Lizzie, tell us a little bit about the structure and the organization of the Michigan Daily at, at U of M. Yeah, um, so the Michigan Daily is also student, entirely student run. Um, we have, I guess we, sep we have a separate edit and business side um, and there's 
I, so I'm on, the, I guess, the leader of the edit side. So I manage all the content um, and along with my managing editor, edit half the paper. And there's, there's a giant thunderstorm where I am right now. So <laughs> sorry if I'm punctuated by thunder. Um, but yeah, so I, I edit half the paper each night. Um, I, edit, I personally, I edit the news, um, arts and art sections. Um, and yeah, and then we have our business side run by a student as well, business manager who um, oversees the business side and the sales side, marketing side. Um, so yeah, and we have we have a we have a pretty large staff. I actually just did like um, account a tally of it a few a couple weeks ago, and it's nearing four hundred as of now. Um, definitely not that many people are in the newsroom and, and doing things all the time, but we have, we have a lot, a lot of different writers and photographers, videographers, um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And we, we print, we print, uh, five days a week currently. Um, definitely. I mean, Isaac was saying CM Life is more definitely a leader in, in digital, in trending toward digital, um, student media so we are certainly having those conversations about how to improve our digital presence yeah evan tell us a little bit about the structure and organization of the state news and and the newsroom there that you manage yeah we have a bit of similarity to the other two in that we are independent and student run uh, we also have a structure we're not quite as big as the michigan daily but we have uh we have you know, reporters and videographers and photographers who all help gather the news. And then we have, you know, our uh, right now we only have three um, content editors along with a photo editor and a copy chief who helps fact check all of our stuff. Um, and then you have me and the managing editor who are kind of directing and acting as like the visionary. Um, uh, we're kind of, we have a little bit of a smaller structure for the summer. Uh, it's bigger than previous summers because we've got a lot of people who are interested and don't have internships, but uh, we're going to have um, a full staff in the fall. And um, I'm pretty excited for it, honestly. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's just a constant whirlwind and that's kind of how I see it. <laughs> so, um different sizes of, of each of your staff. Tell us a little bit about the students who, who work for you. Are, do you pay your, your student journalists at your organizations? Uh, how often are they filing stories or going on uh, photo assignments or doing multimedia work? Uh, what's, what's the workload for a typical staff member? Um, Isaac, do you wanna go first? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we pay our um, general reporters, uh, photographers, videographers, podcasters, um, people that are creating content um, per assignment. So we don't have hourly wages for our um, staff members. Um, the only hourly wages are our editors and then me, of course, at, as editor-in-chief. Um, and then our advertisement staff um, is commission, I believe. Um, so they take a chunk out of what they sell in advertisements. Um, I think that answers your question. Was there another part to it? Yeah, no, that's that, that's great. And and what's what's the what, what are kind of the staff commitments at, oh. at U of M, Lizzie? 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we have a similar payment structure. We just, we pay people per story. Um, and then editors have salaried positions, but we don't actually, we don't do hourly, we do monthly. Um, so it's definitely not a lot um, of money, but um, we have scholarships um, and that sort of thing to kind of supplement what we pay students. Um, and then, I think you said you had, did you say you had 400, a staff of 400 or so? So yeah. not all of those people can be doing work every day. What's, um, what's kind of a typical workload for, for the folks who are working on your staff? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say it definitely varies from person to person. Um, I, I'm most, I came from, I was a news reporter, so I'm most familiar with how the news section works, but, um, there, there are some staffers who, um, definitely will, will want to, to write twice, twice a week, once a week. Some staffers will like, um, pick things up every once in a while and then work, have maybe more of a long-term project that they're working on. Um, it's really, it's, it's whatever people want. It, and we have, we have the numbers so that people could be not as involved if they have other things like a campus job or things that they're, other things they're doing. But um, for editors, it's definitely a big commitment. But for the, yeah, the average staff member, it's, it's kind of whatever you can handle. And some people are definitely writing you know, we have like our assistant news editors are on call for breaking news and they, they could end up writing like a story every day or three stories a week, that sort of thing. Great. Okay. And, and Evan, what about at the state news? What's, uh, what's the workload like there for your staff? It's a pretty good sized workload. I mean, there's no shortage of news to cover. Um, we ha have a different pay structure. It's every two weeks and for reporters, it's by assignment, and for editors, it's by day, um, which I guess would be technically salaried. But I don't, I don't think any journalists are in it for the money. But, um, but you got to eat. Yeah, uh, that's true. And yeah, that's. I guess if if there's more I could say on like the the, the commitment and workload, it's, um, it's it's really you know you you get out of it what you put in. And I, I really, th I think that for, for reporters and editors, you really kind of shape your own destiny when it comes to um, how you balance life classes and what you want to write. Absolutely. Yeah, just, to, just to kind of piggyback off of that, the newsroom really is like a lab um, for people. So, um, you know, the more experienced people, the people that are getting the most out of it are the ones that come in every day with a story idea that are, um, putting their foot forward and taking assignments. Um, so, you know, that's the, you know, classes, we need to prioritize classes as college students, but where you gain, it's, you get so much better at journalism if you do journalism. Um, so that's why our newsrooms are so important, just to kind of piggyback off of what Evan said. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just remind our viewers that if you have a question for Isaac or Lizzie or Evan, you can use the Q&A tool in Zoom to send that into us. And we're happy to either take your question via text or uh, you can ask your question yourself. Just let us know when you, uh, when you give us your question there. Um, so tell us, how, how did each of you get into journalism? I know that, that it sounds like from the conversation we had before, this that you all came from slightly different areas and if i remember correctly lizzie you did journalism in high school but you're the only 
one of the three of you who did that. Lizzie, tell us a little bit about maybe your experience and how you got to the Michigan Daily. Yeah, um, so I, I'd always sort of been interested in journalism. I, my mom's a journalist, so I'd kind of like grown up around it. Um, and, but I, I, freshman year of high school, I remember I was very much like, I need to find my own thing. Like I can't just follow my mom's footsteps. So I didn't really look at, we had, we had a high school newspaper. Um, but then sophomore year, I think I went to a mass meeting and I like, um, I just heard, I heard some of the high school editors talking about the, I mean, the serious, like they, they were doing even some investigative work and um, teacher profiles and stuff that just sounded like a lot of fun to me and I'd always loved writing. So I figured, I mean, maybe this is just my destiny. I can't, I can't avoid this. So, um, so yeah, so I made it a priority when applying to colleges, like looking at, um, I wasn't sure if I, I didn't really want to go to a journalism program because I wasn't hundred percent set on things, but I wanted to go to a school that had um, a pretty solid newspaper. Um, so uh, Michigan Daily has been definitely one of my, the best experiences of college for me so far and um, definitely in pursuing journalism after, when I graduate as well. Evan, how did you come to be at the state news at Michigan State? I definitely just wandered in. Like I started college as an engineering major on the debate team. Um, you know, I quickly learned that that was not a very compatible combination. <laughs> but, you know, after my freshman year, I realized, like, I still enjoy debate. I want to pick something that kind of uses the skills that, that you know, debate brings. Um, took a couple of journalism classes and thought, hey, why not apply to the student newspaper? And, uh, you know, it was, it was a really good decision for me. I mean, it ended me, it brought me to where I am here today. And the newsroom really took me in and it was a very welcoming culture. And it was, uh, full of people who are passionate about what they do. And that's what kept me there. And Isaac, you also, I think, got into journalism once you got to, to CMU. Tell us a little bit about your path to CM Life. So I kind of stumbled upon journalism too. Um, my uncle freelances for a newspaper out in Pennsylvania um, and my dad does some writing too. Um, for a publication. So, you know, that kind of was a family business a little bit, I guess. Um, but I originally went to college for English instead of journalism. So when I was looking for colleges, I looked at both the journalism side and the English, but decided ultimately that I'd start in English. Um, and like Evan, I kind of just wandered upon CM Life. I was taking a journalism course and one of my professors said, you know, you're a really good writer. You should, you should apply, go to an open house on the third floor. Um, so I went up there, applied, and luckily got a job as a freshman. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. T tell us, Isaac, a little bit about the path that you took, the, the work that you've done um, as a staffer at, at CM Life. Yeah, uh, so I started as a general reporter, um, just covering, you know, doing some briefs. Um, news briefs, um, writing some feature stories. Um, and then I was assigned the city beat. So I was covering the city of Mount Pleasant, uh, local government, doing some business stuff. Um, and then last year I started on, um, I was covering three different colleges. Um, 
which was a lot of work, but you know, I, I uh, put my head down. I uh, wrote a lot of stories. Um, and then halfway through the semester, um, our photo editor actually um, quit. And so I transitioned quickly into doing some photo editing um, and I've switched more to doing photo now um, and had a really successful year as photo editor. And then now, um, you know, applied in the spring for editor in chief and got the editor in chief position. So that's where I sit now. It, it's maybe it's changing as, as more people are paying attention to visuals, but traditionally you don't see a lot of crossover from people doing words to folks who are focused on purely the visual side, especially with photography. How, how has that gone and what, what led that, what led you to make that jump um, other than obviously the photo editor position opened up? Um, so as reporters, I guess they call it backpack journalism, but um, you really have to be able to do a little bit of everything. Um, so uh, my last semester before heading out for an internship last summer, I really got into doing a little bit of video and photo, um, but expected to do a lot of writing at my internship. Um, I got there and they're like, uh, you're going to run our, our uh, photo desk. Uh, I, they just had uh, fired their last uh, photographer um, for money reasons, and I was their only photographer. So I really picked that up and, um, you know, improved the summer and came back and I might have been a better photographer than I was writer. Um, so, you know, just now I now I'm able to do both. And that just makes me a more valuable um, person when it comes to finding jobs and stuff like that. You have to you have to be able to do everything. Um, you can't I bet Lizzie and Evan will tell you that um, they do a little bit of everything too. Um, you know, it's, yeah, you just, and, and high school is a perfect place to start um, testing the waters. Um, you know, do a little photo in high school, do a little video, do a little design, um, some audio. Um, you know, there's, that's what college is for. Um, find what you're good at and uh, stick with it. Lizzie, talk a little bit about the path that you took um during your career at Michigan Daily, what, what kind of work have you specialized in? What kind of positions have you had um, during your time there? Yeah, um, so I, yeah, like I said, I, I went straight for the news section. Um, and I, yeah, I started out as just a general, general, general assignment reporter. I did everything that they asked me to do. I was very eager. Um, and then my second semester, I applied for a beat reporter position and I got the um, community affairs beat, which was sort of new and it was meant to create more long form coverage. So it was it was definitely a really like really exciting beat for me because I've always loved to do more enterprisey stories and I, I got to do things on um, talking to uh, DACA students because that I, that year it was when Trump was really putting into question whether um, he wanted to keep the DACA program or not. Um, I got to, now I can't even remember, it feels like so long ago, but there, but there, I, I just got to do kind of what I wanted. Um, and then I also did the, the campus life beat where I focused really on student issues and protests and um, yeah, definitely looking just at the student perspective of things, covering a lot of events. And then I, I, I ran for um, managing news editor. So I was then sort of thrust into like the editing side of things and the kind of more administrative side of running the news desk. 
Um, and yeah, and like Isaac said, like in that position, I definitely had to coordinate with the photo editors, the design editors, the video editors all the time. Um, and had to really see things from their perspective and learn more about how, about the multimedia aspects of stories. Um, so that was definitely useful when I then ran for editor-in-chief in this past winter. And then Evan, tell us a little bit about the path that you've taken from the debate team to where you are now um, as editor at the State News. Yeah, it was really, it was the case where um, uh, the newsroom realized after a few weeks that I was interested in covering city government meetings. So they gave me the city beat and I just kind of took that and ran with it. I, I really liked the city beat, which I mean, it made sense. Like, you know, there's a lot of debate that goes on in city council meetings. Right. Um, and then after reporting in the summer, um, I started a city editor and then once the, this most recent semester hit, I was campus editor and then the campus shut down. <laughs> uh, and now here I am. Um, I, I really enjoyed reporting, but I think I liked the editing roles more. Uh, like I could be doing, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the best backpack journalist. I could do more of everything myself, but, um, it does come in handy as a, to, to kind of get a sense of everything that's happening. If you're an editor by through, through coordinating, like Lizzie was saying, um, that's, that's really where, um, you, you make, you make the best work happen is when you have multiple people who, who come together with their all, with their, their specialty, uh, to produce something great. So Evan, you mentioned COVID, um, how has the coronavirus pandemic changed the operations that you've got there at the state news? Oh my goodness. It's, it, you know, it's the story of a lifetime. Um, it's, it's changed our operation because, you know, when, when there aren't students there physically on the campus, it didn't really make much sense to print a physical paper. We still did all the same things, right? We still like, you know, designed a newspaper to put online and send it out to all the students, right? Uh, but, you know, when they're when there's just not anybody physically around to pick up a paper, we, we kind of have to supercharge our digital transition that was kind of already in motion. Lizzie, what's, what's happened at the Michigan Daily since the, the pandemic? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we, we moved very pretty quickly to remote production. Um, and we decided more more for the sake of keeping of keeping a record and archives of our daily what our daily print paper would have been we made a digit we put together a pdf paper um and we that was to the end of the fall of the winter semester and then over the summer we've been doing a weekly pdf paper and just uploaded it to our issue account um and then at, at the same time continuing to um publish things on our website 24 seven and where we have a, a newsletter, but we're kind of considering maybe upping the frequency of our newsletter instead of doing it weekly, thinking about doing that. Yeah. Instead of um, maybe making this PDF paper, which it's unclear how many people are actually looking at it. Um, so 
yeah, definitely, as Evan was saying, um, quickening our digital transition, which is necessary. And, and are you all having to work remotely? Is anybody working in the newsroom at the Michigan Daily right now? No, well, we're, we're also under our building under construction right now, too. So, but we're hoping we, we're going to have to see what's going to happen in the fall and if we'll have some sort of like sign in system or we'll continue working remotely. And, and Isaac, what about up at uh, Central Michigan and, and are you all up there with CM Life looking ahead to what could happen in the fall yet? Um, yeah, we slowly people are coming back to Mount Pleasant. Uh, we start classes August 17th. Um, so that's, you know, right around the corner. Um, people have started to make their way back to Mount Pleasant. But um, as far as I know, we're doing almost everything remotely um, still. Uh, and then in the fall, I mean, you can't, you can't really um, have your mindset on anything because everything's just still up in the, in the air. You know, you saw today that um, college football isn't going to happen in the fall. Um, so it's just like um, you, can't, you can't set anything in stone. You know, we have plans in place to come back just like we did last fall. Um, but we're, we're on our toes, ready, ready to dodge some, some things if we have to, so. So we've got a question come in from Justin from Stockbridge High School. Um, is there an assignment that any of you have done that you've, that's been your favorite that you've liked more than, than your other work? Um, Isaac, what's, what's the favorite assignment that you've been sent out on so far? Um, it's actually probably not, not one I've been sent on. Um, I was doing, while well, I was on assignment, doing a story on one of the businesses, big corporations here in Mount Pleasant. Um, and I did the interview, took the tour of the factory, um, had all my notes. And then as I was driving back home to my apartment, actually, I saw this man playing his violin on the corner of the street. Um, and something just inside me, I, I always... When I'm out and about, I ride my bike a lot. I just get this, these feelings that, you know, I should talk to that person. Um, I don't know what it is, but I, I got that in that moment. And I pulled over, parked my car in the gas station and walked over to him. And we, did, we just talked for like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, I took some, took some photos to go along with the story and just came back and sat down and started writing. Um, and that, that was a really rewarding story for me. I think it got maybe like 35,000 reads and within 48 hours or something crazy like that. Um, so, you know, you always have to be, as a journalist, you always have to be ready um, because the story you're doing in that moment might not be the story that you end up publishing that day. So, Yeah, it's, that's, that's a perfect example of why journalists need to be observant and pay attention to the world around them and Right, pay attention to the everyday things that uh, which it's very easy to walk past and take for granted. L Lizzie, do you have a favorite story or, or assignment that you've done at the Daily? Yeah, um, I have so many, but the one that comes to mind now is um, one I wrote as an editor, which was sort of exciting in itself because I found that it was, I had trouble finding time to actually write stories. Um, and it was it was an obituary and it was it was the first obituary i've ever written um on a a in an english professor who founded this program at the university of michigan the prison creative arts project 
um, which went went into Michigan. He led students into Michigan prisons and um, did theater workshops, art workshops, creative writing workshops, um, and it was it's this really like um, important program now that like a lot of my friends are involved in and is definitely a big presence on campus. And so I ended up talking to like dozen like a, a dozen former students and and friends and um, prisoner for formerly incarcerated people um, who he he'd sort of mentored and then really helped and it was it was just an incredible story to write and um, getting to kind of represent this man's life and yeah. <laughs> And, and Evan, what about at the state news? Is there an assignment or story or project that, that you've worked on that stands out for you? Um, I, th I would say that this, for, for something like it, for a recent answer, I guess, because I haven't written in a while, but figuring out the bar coverage for like what, what's going on with like bar and restaurant reopenings, because you know, I mean, it's like that, that became a national story and that was something we followed right when they opened. Um, and that's, that's something that I'm kind of proud of for, for being involved in was, was kind of like catching that and then watching it kind of disseminate, give, you know. Give us, give us the background on, um, give us the uh, high school appropriate background on that for folks who um, maybe haven't followed along on that story as closely. Well, it's just that, you know, when when people want to engage in nightlife, they go into crowded indoor spaces. Um, and if there's a pandemic, that turned out to not be a great idea. Um, and I, I, I haven't seen the latest numbers yet, but it passed 150 cases of the virus from one bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Um, what do you expect, what do you know for, for all three of you? Is, is there anything that you know is gonna be very different um, in the way that you all do your jobs in the fall? Evan, you're big on my screen right now, so let's start with you. What's, what's something at the state news that you're already planning is gonna be very different from what it was a year ago? I, it, to me, it seems like most things will be different and we're not quite sure exactly how different they'll be. I mean, like on-campus life is going to be much more regulated, I guess, what it seems. I mean, every, like we're planning on like having in-person classes and to some degree and having people live in dorms like that's it's going to yeah I, I don't know as far as like planning for like our newsroom right like I mean we, we definitely know that like we have a good enough space to have some people in if they socially distance right so then it's like well how do we set up the room to do that we have pe plexiglass barriers and you know we have to do all the things that any like organization or business has to do. You have to screen workers who come in. You have to monitor everyone for potential symptoms and 
to make sure everyone gets tested, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's that, that's the stuff that we like, we know, right? It's, you know, part of the, the, the top editor role is that, you know, we have to worry about all of these scary things so that like reporters don't have to. Um, and that's, that's kind of where most of the focus is on, is on what we don't know. So I guess that, that, that answers some of the question. <laughs> Lizzie, do, do you all at, at The Daily have anything planned out that you know is gonna be very different in the fall from, from what it was a year ago? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is our recruitment in the fall. We usually have like five mass meetings where we just let everyone into the newsroom who's interested. Um, I mean, we can, we, we can pretty easily pivot to an online mass meeting situation, but um, definitely we'll have to, you know, we, we always like hand out flyers and like, yeah, try to get people to take them um, on the diag so or on, on our um, on campus. So that'll be different. Um, and and just like the the simple things that I'm thinking about, yeah, in terms of reporters, is like, will will people feel comfortable going after sources anymore? Will it will there be there won't be really any events to cover? And that was something we had to deal with at the end of um, at the end of this past semester too. So our coverage will definitely look very different. And and Isaac, how about at uh, CM Life? Is there anything that you know? In this, I know there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but is there anything that you know for sure is going to be very different with your operation in the fall? I mean, I think Lizzie and Evie, Evan um, covered all of it. Um, coverage is going to be totally different. I was talking to our sports editor and, um, you know, what, I mean, what sports coverage is going to be like without sports? Um, everything's going to have to have the angle of coronavirus. Um, a lot of our stories that we do. Um, so just, Every aspect of our coverage is going to look totally different. Um, and then I don't know for the state news or the daily, but um, our news staff is probably around 50 people. Um, it never goes above 100. So we like to have all staff meetings where everybody comes into the office. Um, and a lot about a lot. The big thing about journalism is connections um, and really spending the time with your fellow journalists. So that's gonna, I think that's gonna hit our newsroom hard, just not being able to get together like we were able to before. Um, and I sure, I'm sure the daily news and um, the state news is gonna be exactly the same. That's gonna hurt um, to not have everybody together. So uh, all three of you, not only are student journalists, but you're also managers of pretty big or will be managers of pretty big operations. What, what tips might you have for some of our high school students who are moving into management positions at their organizations in the fall. Is there anything that you've learned so far um, as you're getting started in your positions that, that is good advice um, to pass along? Um, I can start. I think before you enter your position, kind of conceptualizing, putting down on paper, what you want to accomplish and um, as best you can try to like list it in order of priorities, like try, cause I've, I definitely, I mean, I've had to pivot with coronavirus and everything, but um, I think there's, there's a lot of pressure to, to solve everything at once, to do everything you want at once. If you don't sort of just sit down and think, okay, this will, this will be my priority for this moment. This, you know, that that'll be like the big thing I want to accomplish. 
Um, but then also to not be hard on yourself if, if it ends up not panning out exactly as you hoped and making sure that once you enter your role, trying to plant the seeds to continue the work that you're trying to do and the, the people beneath you. Um, yeah. Evan, what, what advice do you have for our, our middle school and high school editors to be? It's different than you think it is. Uh, prepare for turbulence. And I guess I would say that like, if you're in management, it's not that you're making every decision, but that you set the table for what decisions need to be made, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, you want to, you know, like Lizzie hit the nail right on the head. Like you want to invest in people. You want to plant the seeds for the future. You want to be as forward thinking as possible while making sure that all of the daily checklist items get met. Get met. And Isaac, how about you? Yeah, and I would just add, um, I agree with both of those answers. But also don't be just this shadowy figure um, leading the charge. Like um, make sure your staff knows who you are and what you believe in. Um, Cause it makes it so much easier to follow a leader that isn't afraid to show, um, you know, how he's feeling or um, show what he's, what he wants to accomplish. Um, so that's just something I would add. So all three of you, and I'm not, I'm not sure what the hiring processes are at your organizations, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. But I know all three of you have to make sure that your newsrooms are staffed with people. And, you know, we've got a pool of folks starting to head your way from high schools who might be interested in, in working on their campus publications. What, what are you looking for when you're going through applications um, for your newspaper? What are you looking for in in future staffers. Isaac, how about you first? Um, I think the biggest thing is just having work examples. Um, when, you know, an application is okay, but um, having clips to go along with that application um, makes your, your stands out, stand out because like even me as a freshman going into CM Life, I didn't have any clips um, and I was lucky to be hired um, so I could have those clips um, as I um, did stories and stuff like that, but um, journalists in high school have a unique opportunity because they're already learning um, things that, you know, people that are starting at CM Life don't know. Um, so just, um, you know, get as much experience as you can in high school, um, and that'll make you a better candidate when you come in to CM Life or State News or the Daily News when you apply. What, what kind of clips, Isaac, do you want to see from folks? And how many do you want to see in their application? Um, yeah, I think a lot of journalists make the mistake of just um, attaching everything they've done. Um, but it's really important to just pick a couple that you're really proud of and be able to say why you're proud of them. Um, because, you know, that'll make them stand out even more than just attaching them to your resume. Lizzie, what, what are you looking for when you're making hiring decisions at the Michigan Daily? Yeah, um, the Daily is, it's every section does hiring differently, but we actually, we don't generally require clips. Um, 
for new we we more more the way that we i guess like weed people out is our 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 training processes and so for news and for sports you have like a certain number of trial stories you have to write to officially get on staff so there are some people like for, for news it's three trial stories so for some people um they'll or you shadow someone and then three three trial stories so some people will write one story and think this is not for me and i don't want to do this at all and then just kind of quit the process but um others get really into it and then i think the ones who succeed the most are the ones who are willing to push themselves willing to get out of their comfort zones and just sign up for everything um because editors love that and especially when you know when there's like an event that needs to be covered at 9 p.m. Like just volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. I think it's the best, best thing to do. What? How do students um, who are trying to come in and trying to become a staffer? Where do they get their trial stories from? Are those? Do they come up with their own story ideas, or those ideas that are given to them by your your team of editors? Those ideas are, are assigned generally. We have just like our um, story list. And so um, uh, train prospective writers can just put their name in and sign up. And they, like any other person on staff, they would just, they would write it with the guidance of, the, of their editor, of course. Um, and then once you do three, you can get on staff. Cool. And, and Evan, what are you looking for as you are sorting through applications for people who wanna work at the state news? Uh, we don't have a trial process, but we do have an application that asks people to pitch stories about and tell us what they think like is the biggest story on campus, right? And I think that's really what we're looking for. Like, you know, we're, we're in the business of telling stories. I want to hear a story, right? You know, we're looking for curiosity, uh, skepticism, um, just in the general sense, and, you know, the kind of passion that sustains um, that sustains the whole the whole operation, I guess, just that 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 passion and work ethic, whether it's through clips or through whatever else. Um, I guess that's what I'd, I'd say I'm looking for. How how can they? You, you mentioned some great words: curiosity, skepticism, passion. How can how can uh, somebody who's trying to just get started show that in their application? Um, you know, uh, I do like the phrase show, don't tell, but I also think that, you know, you, you, the way that you show is by telling a story, right? You don't want to just say I did X, right? You want to like, you know, give an anecdote or a narrative about why those traits define you. So through their, they, they've really got to prove it through their work then and help explain how they got that story maybe or um, what was special about that story, prove it to you. It's a good show, don't tell. I use that all the time. It's cliche, but it's true. Um, got a really great question from Cameron from Fenton. He's wondering what calm might a incoming journalist be able to find in the turbulent whirlwind that we've got at a college daily, especially right now. So, I, I mean, I think that's a great, great question. What, what are you all doing in your newsroom to try um, to have those moments of calm or contemplation or just not 
freak out about a pandemic being out there. Um, Evan, you want to go first? Yeah, my, my first answer is take a break from the news. <laughs> like, it's, it's overwhelming. There's some serious fatigue that comes from, like, consuming news, let alone producing it. Um, and, you know, we handle that here. It's like, well, we try to understand when we're feeling burned out, when we're feeling stressed, and, you know, when we want to maintain consistency, right? We want to keep, you know, the ball rolling, but you don't want to just expend all of your energy all at once and then, you know, crash or shut down. You know, that's, that's not good for, for you or the news process really. And yeah, I just say find calm and things that aren't the news or stories that just like aren't about the virus at all. And you know, all of the things we do, all the stories we write, they're about people, right? They're, we're, we're people too. We have, we have limits that we need to tend to and, you know, keeping an eye out for that is really what it takes. Absolutely. Lizzie, what, what do you all do with the daily to try to find calm amidst the turmoil that is just the nature of a newsroom, especially when you're producing a daily newspaper, right? Five days a week. It takes a lot of energy uh, and turmoil and passion to, to get that paper on the presses every day. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think the camaraderie of everyone in the newsroom each night is what keeps me calm. Um, we're just all here for each other. And it's, it's, yes, it's, it's grueling every night, but it's also a ton of fun and everyone's always playing music and chatting and playing euchre and like just doing their thing. Um, and I mean, I've definitely also found places to nap when I have like, like a, a half an hour to kill. So there's, it's, it's definitely possible to find calm within the newsroom. And then when, when I'm outside of the newsroom, although I'm like texting people during class all, all the time, I do find ways to um, think about other things, just kind of keep myself a little bit removed as Evan was saying. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely the, the friendships you find in the newsroom keep you calm and, um, yeah. And, and Isaac, how about at CM Life? What, what kinds of strategies do you have for keeping calm and centered, uh, in the middle of a, a significant campus news operation? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with both of them. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta take a break from journalism once you, and every great while, um, you also can find calm in each other. Um, you know, you're not in it alone, especially at a student newspaper when you have peers. Call, at, being a high school student or college student really at, just adds to the anxiety and pressure. Um, you know, not only do you have um, a daily paper to publish every day, but you also have to do your homework assignments or do your reading assignments. Um, so for me personally, I just think I found calm in finding new ways to love journalism. And for me, that's just, you know, further developing my skills, um, branching out like I did from writing. Um, you know, take your camera, if you're a photographer, take your camera out and just find beauty and, and just mundane things. Um, so yeah, just taking a break, um, finding calm in others.
here's a big question for y'all to think about. Are you sick of covering coronavirus yet? What what else is there to cover at your organizations? Do, do you have plans? Are you able to find stories that, that aren't coronavirus related and get them published yet? Or do you think that's, are we still too much in the middle of this? Is that gonna come later? I think, I just think coronavirus is gonna be an aspect of every single story we do this fall um, because it's affecting everybody. Um, no one is singled out as somebody that's not affected by coronavirus. You, you just can't find anything right now that's not being affected, whether it's sports, whether it's university functions, events, um, cities are being affected. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we are going to find any coronavirus uh, stories that aren't coronavirus stories in a way. But I've, I've been telling people that, um, you know, this is the greatest opportunity I've ever had as, as a journalist is covering a, pan, a world pandemic. Um, I don't think it's ever going to happen again in my lifetime. Um, and it's an opportunity that I've been grateful for, but I never want to have again. So just taking advantage of it this time is, is going to be good for all of us. Are, are there any strategies that any of you are using or that other folks who in your newsrooms are using really successfully to both do good journalism yet stay safe with the social distancing or remote platforms? What, what are some of the techniques and strategies that your, your teams are successfully using? Um, I think, I mean, we were doing this before too, but social media sourcing has been huge. Um, yeah, so we've, I mean, we have like very, some very active large Facebook groups where um, even like news is broken sometimes. So uh, definitely, yeah, those social media has been huge. Um, I can't think of any other like, cause we, yeah, we've already, I mean, we've done phone interviews and that sort of thing. So um, just a matter of also kind of when covering the protests and everything, making sure, you know, you're wearing a mask, making sure you're keep trying to keep yourself safe as much as possible um, while still getting the story. And with all this civil unrest right now, um, I'm going to make it um, pretty clear this fall that you always have to be um, credentialed. Um, we've seen uh, people covering protests that are hit by rubber bullets, people that are pepper sprayed just because they're not ID correctly. And even those that are ID correctly um, still are in the line of fire. Um, so when I go out, like I've been shooting the protests um, here for a publication in Mount Pleasant and I always have press taped on the top of my hat. I think the free has been doing that, the Detroit free press. Um, so that's just, I just wanted to add that to what Lizzie was saying. Yeah, definitely, right? Follow the rules the best you can when you're in those situations, right? To keep yourself safe. Uh, what, what about at the state news, Evan? Are there any strategies that your team has found um, to to be working well during this time? Uh, social media innovation is 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 the biggest one for sure. And yeah, I mean, if it's like you know, what do you do other than cover the virus? I mean, like the 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 civil rights movement that's happening is like definitely a thing that's I I it's connected to the virus, I think, in a lot of ways, but, you know, it's, it's not, 
you know, one movement. It's a bunch of different movements happening in tandem. So you, you know, if, if you're at a college paper and you're noticing a movement that's happening that's geographically close to you, it's like, well, find out who the organizers are, figure out who's in power that responds to demands. Um, and, you know, it's really, I think it's just the, the, the strategy itself isn't that much different from what we were doing before. It's, you know, try and contact as many people as you can be as accurate as you can be as fair as you can. Um, and, you know, see what comes out on the other end, I guess. Do, do you, Evan, and maybe Lizzie too, Isaac talked a little bit about strategies for staying safe if you're out and you happen to be covering a protest or um, any of these other situations that we've seen in the news. Are, what are some of the things that you're telling your staffers um, to both make sure they stay safe and also get the story? The hat one's a good one. I might try and implement that. Um, but yeah, definitely like being credentialed, having your mask, having, uh, you know, goggles in some cases, if, you know, um, and also like, you know, if, if we're like, okay, so the organizers are planning to be out here for like, you know, six hours. Well, you know, maybe you want to bring some water and some snacks because, you know, it's summer. And I don't think that Michiganders are taking the heat very well so like you know staying hydrated that's another part of it too and you know just kind of going through the checklist you know making sure all of the safety barriers have been have been met any any other tips lizzie that that you want to add from the daily um yeah i mean what what evan was saying definitely um making sure reporters have, have food, have, have water. Um, we, the daily, we had pretty terrifying, um, experience last year. We had a false shooter alarm. Um, and that really made us reevaluate like what our breaking news protocol was and what, um, our safety protocol was. So we actually, we have like a whole protocol now that we're supposed to follow and that reporters, um, need to review. So, um, I can't remember all the specifics that are in there now, but definitely yeah, having a phone charger with you, like making sure that you're able to be in communication with people. Is super yeah. important. Good to have a plan ahead of time, because you, right? It's always better to plan and for nothing to happen than to, for the other way around to happen. And I think we've seen that um, in high schools as well with uh, like the walkout protests that we've seen before and some student journalists across the country getting um, penalized because they were covering the story while walking out with students at the same time instead of having a plan with their administrators to emergency situations. So um, one last question that I want to pose to you all. Um, you all are, are pretty far along, at least in your college journalism careers, and hopefully, hopefully just getting started at whatever the future holds for each of you. But what is something that you wish you what, what is something that you know now that you wished you would have known when you were just getting started in journalism? So, Lizzie, do you want to go or you? No, you, you go ahead. Okay. okay. So one thing really jumped out at me right away. I actually wrote it down before we started because I wanted to mention this eventually. But connections are huge in journalism. Um, and I didn't realize that till, um, you know, sophomore year, junior year. So right away, start making connections that are going to be valuable when you're finding an internship, when you have questions that need asked, 
Um, you know, and you already have a couple good ones with Sarah and Jeremy, um, but just just keep going, keep making connections because um, they'll be really valuable down the line. Um, I, I guess I wish that I knew how important it was to um, speak up and pitch your own ideas. I think I, I definitely will sometimes put myself down and think, oh, I think an idea I have maybe isn't worth pursuing or has been done before, but it's always good to, um, to talk to your editors about ideas that you have, to do some digging yourself, just never, never doubt yourself and trust your instincts. That's great advice. Evan, how about you? What's, what's something that you know now that you wished you would have known when you were just getting started in journalism? Um, I guess that it's much easier to get duped and to make mistakes than you think. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what the college years are for. It's for, you know, falling on your face and making a few mistakes so that you can learn from them, right? So I guess in light of that, I'd say that, you know, this is good journalist advice and life advice, I guess, just to take, take everything with a grain of salt. You know, like if you get a big news tip, you don't just run with it. You, you try to corroborate it and run it against other accounts. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to get a complete picture, the full picture of everything that is going on with whatever it is you're assigned to or you're, that you're doing, right? Um, so I guess that's what I'd say, because, um, you know, from someone who's made many of mistakes and has been duped many times. <laughs> Anybody who has been a journalist has made many mistakes. And um, one of the things that I always loved when I was a working journalist was I got to start all over the next day. So I could forget about whatever I did yesterday. If I screwed something up really badly or if I had a really awesome day, tomorrow is a whole new adventure. So. It's one of the best things of, about journalism. So uh, Evan Jones from the State News, Lizzie Lawrence from the Michigan Daily, Isaac Ritchie from CM Life. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Good luck to all of you and your staffs in the, uh, the academic year ahead. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you. Absolutely. And thanks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, and uh, you can learn more about the Better Press for a Better World podcast on our website, where we have archived episodes. And we will see you again in the future. This has been a Better Press for a Better World, brought to you by the Michigan Interscholastic Press Association. Learn more about our workshops, contests, and other programs for high school and middle school journalism students and their advisors at mipamsu.org. Thanks for listening.